You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Become a better communicator. It's the title of this devotion. I sure desire that. I really do. I, I, I seek it through my time in the Word and my time in prayer and, and saying, Father, please, Lord. You, you said, you know, here in Isaiah chapter 50, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who's weary. He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as the learned, Isaiah 40, uh, 50, verse 4. And I, I seek that within myself, to become a better communicator. A communicator, a better communicator is not just somebody who knows what to say and how to say, but when to say and when not to say what to say or what not to say. You see, and, and, and when, sometimes it's that word in season. It's at the right time. It is that word in season that comes at that right moment that really can turn the tide of what will happen. And I seek within me that I become a better communicator to my wife, Virginia, that the way I say things, how I say things. You know, let me read my verse from, from Ephesians 6, starting at verse 21. But that you also may know my affairs and how I'm doing, Tychicus, my beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that you may be, that he may comfort your hearts, peace to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Paul was a man who was thoughtful about communication. I find it remarkable because he's writing this letter together with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon from his imprisonment in Rome, his first imprisonment. And he's writing this letter while he's in prison. He's thinking about communicating. And sometimes folks with all the social media opportunities and avenues we have to communicate, we can do better. I know I can. And I want to become a better communicator. And I pray that the Holy Spirit helps us to be people that just have this spirit about us that we just know I need to go text this person, call this person, see this person, and that we are that person that just becomes better at communicating by the Spirit, by the love of the Father, by the will of the Father. And I, I so long for this in my heart. Jesus lived in this reality when he says here in John 5 verse 30, I am really not able to do anything for myself independently of my own accord. 
but only as I'm taught by God, as I get his orders. You know, in this chapter, he is answering the question, how do you do what you do? How can you do this? And Jesus had this root believing, thinking, living, acting, reacting, listening, speaking, that was completely dependent on the Father, completely yielded to the Father, in such a way that he absolutely could not act independently from the Heavenly Father. He just couldn't do it. So he says, I'm able to do nothing for myself, independently of my own accord, but only as I'm taught by God, as I get his orders. What you see me, say, hear me, it's the Father. Even as I hear, I judge, I decide, as I'm bidden to decide, as the voice comes to me, I give the decision. My judgment is righteous, just and right, right, just and righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do my own purpose but only the will and the pleasure of my Father who sent me. <laughs> it is that easy. And I know that may sound fantastic when you say, you know, Pastor, you, you can't tell me that I can live like this 24-7. I do. But it becomes your nature, not second nature, as some people say. It's, no, it becomes who you are. And that you are thoughtful how you say things what you say, when you say, and that even in just a busy conversation, you're in a man. It's like a, the Holy Spirit is like a divine sift that sifts your thoughts, as he says in Hebrews, and the inclination, motivations of your heart, how and why you say things, and that there are certain thoughts that maybe still aren't completely put away in Christ that may come to your conscious in the moment of conversation, but you notice it. And that is spiritual growth, that you notice it within you and you go, and you don't say it. And that's not being deceitful, that's just chucking out the rubbish. That's just saying, no, I'm not gonna speak, I'm not gonna let that come out of my mouth. I'm not gonna give power to it. I read this verse many, many years ago and it really has helped me in my prayer life concerning what I'm talking to you about, becoming a better communicator. Listen to this. This is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. We all can be tempted sometimes to be sharp of tongue, catty, just cutting, catty as in biting, scratchy, you know, just... It's just not clean. It's not soft. It's not gracious. It's not kind. It's not good. It comes out of irritations. It comes out of whatever. And, and, and a soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise utters knowledge rightly. But the mouth of the self-confident fool pours out folly. You know, it says in another place in Proverbs, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. If you 
have a propensity to just talk, 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 talk. And your thoughts are so passionately controlling your whole conscious that you don't even listen to others. You're just too busy saying what, what just comes to your thoughts. That is not good. You're going to have to learn by the Holy Spirit to get a hold of your heart and mind. Because if you just say everything you feel and think, you're going to say the wrong thing. And you may not even be aware of it. You might just be talking and without meaning to cause havoc, you cause havoc. Because you just say whatever. And you, and, and you know, if somebody says to me, oh, pastor, I was experiencing this. And immediately I say, oh, yeah, I also experienced that. It is really not nice. You got to celebrate other people's blessings and not always have a one-up on them. No, don't be like that. Don't be somebody that then, oh, yeah, and I did. We sometimes can be that way. I can. Somebody says something and my mind goes, vroom, with these memories. And God, I was this. I was, no, just listen and celebrate them and be excited with them. Don't always, always have an up as well. You hear what I'm saying? He says, the tongue of the wise utters knowledge rightly, but the mouth of self-confident fools pours out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch upon the evil and the good. In other words, God is watching your heart and, and mind and the way you talk. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Listen but willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. When I read that, a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Contrariness. What is a, an example of contrariness? Let's say somebody that you love hasn't been to you what you wanted, needed them to be to you. And so, you have paid a price for loving them, but now you feel resentful at the price you pay because you are not getting back what you would like. And that resentment becomes contrariness of heart. Resentful, it means you're upset at the price you pay. You're no longer happy you did it for them. You're no longer grateful you did it for them. You now feel they owe you. You did it for them. They're not doing it for you. That makes you upset inside. You feel that they didn't appreciate you. You feel that they aren't grateful. They're not thankful because now you needed something when you did so, when they, you did so much for them and they don't want to do that for you. So you're angry, resentful, and now you have contrariness in your heart. There it is. So the way that you then speak with them has that resentment in it. You may not say what you're upset about, but you, what you're saying has that resentment in it. And it's contrary, and it breaks down their spirit listening to you. It makes them feel they're failing. Another example, what's contrariness of speech? Complaining. <laughs> One of the five sins of the children of Israel in the wilderness was complaining. You read this in 1 Corinthians. 
chapter 10, I think. And, and complaining is what makes other people who hear you complain feel they are failing you when you complain about something. It's a spirit of contrariness that has complaining in it or resentment in it, you see? You have complaining in your spirit, so the way you talk makes other people feel they're failing you, and that's the contrariness, the complaining. You know, how can you complain? <coughs> you can complain, I mean, okay, we're gonna meet at 11. You're there at 11, at 11.30 they didn't show up. You've been waiting a half an hour and they didn't show up and didn't text you or call you and let you know they're going to be late. Now they finally show up 40 minutes later. They show up at 11.40 and you're opening the door for them, right? This is not an example of something just happened. No, nothing. I couldn't even think who this applies to. It's just an example. And you open the door. Now, if you have just been happy and sweet and kind and loving, love believes the best, when you see them say, oh, all go well, all go well, thanks for still coming, see? And you're really sweet and you go on with your conversation and there's no contrariness in your spirit because you have no complaining in them that you had to wait. Come on, friends. How often the Lord has to wait on you and me? How often does he have to wait on you and me? You may say, okay, Pastor, show me a scripture on the Lord waiting on you and me. Oh, yeah, right here. It's in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Therefore, the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. And therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show you loving kindness. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect, look, and long for his victory, favor, love, his peace, joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship. I love that verse. But how often has the Lord had to wait on you and me? and be forbearing and kind. And I charge you in the Lord Jesus Christ, let the Holy Spirit enable you to become a better communicator, that there's no contrariness in you. There's no resentment, there's no complaining, there's kindness, there's mercy, there's grace, there's goodness, there's truth, there's love, there is patience, there's forbearance, there is this, <coughs> my last verse. Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his picked representatives who are purified, holy, and well-beloved by God himself, by putting on behavior marked with tender-hearted pity, mercy, kind feeling, lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience which is tireless and long-suffering, that has the power to endure whatever comes with good attitude, good temper. Be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference or a grievance or a complaint against another, come on, pardon each other. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so you must 
forgive too. Have that spirit of forgiveness guarding your heart and mind that you can be a better communicator, that you don't bring resentments of the past, that you don't bring complaints of the past, that you're clean, golden vessel through whom the golden oil can flow unhindered. The love and the beauty of our loving Heavenly Father Spirit as we see it in Jesus. Amen. Have a good day.